All right. Well, thank you, Neil, for agreeing to stay on and do this little segment called Read to Succeed. I'm really interested to hear from you today what books that you have read that have really resonated with you and been influential in your life. So I'm just wondering if you might be able to share with us a couple of those books. Tell us what they are, what they're about, and what really resonated with you. Well, um, one of the major ones I think that expanded my horizon in business and understood what is possible about a business and even helped me understand the levels of, of types of business, average, good, great, uh, was Jim Collins' book, Good to Great. Um, while at this point, some of the case studies may not resonate anymore with current business opportunities, the fundamentals taught in that book uh, by Jim and his team who went through a research of investigating and deeply going into these businesses and trying to determine uh, what made a good or a great company? What was the difference between the two? Right. Uh, and it really helped me understand some of the data points of determination for myself, for my clients, for my business, uh, why, why they might consider us to be a great company uh, and why they might just consider us to be a good company. What was right. it about those areas that one of my clients, I could ask them and say, do you consider me a great company or just a good company? And and have them say, great, you're a great company. Well, why am I a great company? Um, what do you see that's so great about it? And, and really see that people feel a resonation with that and understanding what it's about. That book really helped me unlock the concept uh, of going above and beyond in my business so that I could be rewarded by people who are around it and saying that Voltage is a great company. Uh, right. One of the things I'm still saying that we're we're top of the good. I won't be as arrogant and prideful to say that we're great yet, uh, yeah. but I know that we're on the path. Right. So the second book. And, yeah. Oh, just before you go into the second book, yep. approximately when was that book published? Do you know? Oh, gosh. I um, have a copy of it sitting. Where did it go? I'd have to pull it up. But I think it is over. I think it's well over a decade. Um, right. Uh, roughly. Um, I know yeah, that just one of the criteria was CBS Walgreens is one of the case studies that were that was in there and why you know Walgreens has been able to kind of supersede uh, CVS as a business model and became a, a great business by their definition in the book and why CVS was only good. Um, right. If you look into the world now, fast forward, there are a lot more Walgreens uh, around here than there are CVS. So I would say that probably right. proved itself out since then. Right. Yep. Interesting. Okay, what about the second book? The Field of Fear and Do It Anyways, uh, which I believe was Susan oh. Jeffries, um, if I'm not mistaken. Right. It's been a while since I read that book. Uh, there was a changing part of my life. So we've got business and we got personal, I guess, uh, on the two yeah. types of the books. You know, that one, again, as I mentioned, had to do a lot with interpersonal challenges, mindset challenges, opportunity challenges, confidence and clarity in my confidence and what I should be doing and shouldn't be doing, um, which was a, a struggle, obviously, for me during the major challenges in my life uh, that I was faced on a personal level. Uh, and one of the things that I recognized through those struggles and pushing those boundaries and even finding myself breaking my life under some of those changes was that concept of what is really, what am I really afraid of? You know, if, if I haven't died in this world yet, then what are the other factors that I'm really afraid of? If I ultimately can say I'm no longer afraid of death, then what are the other factors that I might fear in this world? And how did I get that sort of under control? And in that, in that phrase and in that book, it helped me to really kind of recondition my mind into thinking about levels of fear and saying to myself, what's the worst that can happen? If right. I look at it from that perspective, I now redefine fear on my terms. And I say, okay, is it this level of fear, like panic level of fear? Or should it be yeah. like, okay, maybe I'm over-exaggerating the level of fear, or maybe I'm perceiving fear in this situation, this change, this new business, this opportunity, this whatever uh, that I want to do, or am I really just putting 
my own preconceived notation, uh, my own preconceived, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Lost it. My own preconceived uh, ideas, if you will, um, yeah. on, on that topic. And I'm not actually willing to look at it for what it is uh, and, and really take a hard look and ask the right questions and, and then maybe take my time and be more patient and determine whether or not it is a true fear, if it's unfounded, or if I just don't understand it yet. And maybe you know, clarity will come in time. Uh, yeah. so I started to redefine the way I look at those things and understand that and really redefine what is fearful uh, in life and, and through my own personal challenges. Uh, that one really spoke to me uh, and gave yeah. me those questions to ask myself so that I would redirect and refocus my attention into what was really purposeful and what was really bothering me. All right. It's interesting. I always I always talk about people being in two, two states, either the emotional state or your intelligent state. And in my opinion, you know, we make our best decisions when we're in our intelligent state. And just listening to you kind of that reminds me of, of that sort of view. And so far as, you know, when we're worried about things, we typically are in our emotional state. Correct. But what your book's talking about is bring it back to your intelligent state and break it down. And just how bad is it really? When we're thinking emotionally, we think, oh, well, this is terrible. You know, what's going to happen? This ever. is disaster. Yeah. But yeah. when we pull it back and we come into our intelligent state, we're like, well, okay, let's break this down. This will happen there. Well, that's actually not that bad at all, really. So why am I getting so worried about it? It's, that, that's manageable. So, and you have yeah, to face some really difficult choices at that point to really find yourself moving and forcing yourself out of that emotional reaction yeah. uh, and into that, okay, calm down just for a second. Let's really take a, let's take a look at this. Let's step back for a second and really see where it was. And for me, one of those particular things uh, I mentioned earlier was that moment when, of realization uh, that as my wife left the hospital room uh, in excruciating pain, to go into the second surgery because they were very afraid she was going to die because she had literally just coded on the bed uh, and they brought her back to life and then they were taking her into surgery. That that moment as she left and for the hours afterwards, I sat there by myself trying to figure out what was going on. Yeah. Uh, it was the concept reconciliation of fear in my mind of what happens now as I potentially look at being a, a single dad with four young children. Um, yeah. You know, it had to get back into that emotional state, feel that fear and then start to break it down and try to overcome it. Uh, right. and, and through, through time and logic. And of course, in my instance, prayer, uh, got to yeah. a place where I reconciled that difference and accepted that I was going to potentially have to deal with bad news. And then I was going to have to pick myself up because there were four children that needed me. And whether I liked it yeah. or not, I had to feel that fear and get out there. I was going to have to do it, change the diapers, find the thing and just find my way. Uh, yeah. there was no way to it. I had to get in there. And so that was one of those moments where I started to ask, you know, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. Well, that would be that suck. <laughs> and, and thankfully yeah. for me, it didn't happen. And, and thankfully for me, she's still here. But I had to reconcile that. And some of us have never yeah. been faced with that before. And until you have, no. you never know where that boundary is going to be determined, whether it's emotional or logic. Yeah, no, yeah. That, that must have been an incredibly difficult situation to be in. But wait, I uh, wouldn't wish that on anyone. That's for sure. Yeah. But it, like, it's really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah, absolutely. It's great to hear that it was um, it all worked out in the end. So that's great, and um, obviously, you know, you've learned a lot from it too. Absolutely, I knew I, I learned uh, some things about myself, and if I had never yeah. put myself or I never had those situations, I often wonder where I would be. You know, uh, where where would I ultimately be if I was never faced with those? If I never got put into yeah. them? If I never fell into them on accident or on purpose? Yeah. Um, how would that define the, the way I look at things differently now? Uh, mm. I, I am still not afraid to make jumps. I, in fact, my partner jokes that, um, 
you know, he's learned to be with me over nine years because I'm the guy that will jump off the cliff with no parachute and I will build it on the way down. And he knows now to jump with me and grab all the materials before we go because he's going to be helping me build it. Uh, <laughs> hopefully we get all put together before we hit the ground. That level now of trial and error and let's try this. And then if it doesn't, we'll go this direction. If it doesn't, we'll go that direction. That I know that in the end, if I continue to just keep maneuvering that, I will find a path through it. Uh, a confidence that I will do that. And that comes. Yeah, from and, I, and I and I love that about what you're saying, you know, that basically, you know, I guess use the old cliche where, the, where there's a will, there is a way. You, you just know <laughs> yeah. that if you're determined, yeah. you'll get there ultimately. You might zig right. and zag, but you'll find you'll find that opening. You'll find that gap. You'll get through it and you will get there. And you've got this un, unwavering belief in, yep. in yourself to do that. It will ultimately d take more time. It may take more capital, energy. Yeah. It may take more people. But one way or yeah. another, if my confidence is that others, I've seen others do it, and it is not rocket science, then there, then why not me? Yeah, no, that's a great way to look at it. All right, Neil. Well, thank you so much. It's been yeah, really good, really inspirational and, and educational, and I've very much enjoyed it. So thank you for sharing your time with us. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate your time. I'm honored.